Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, welcome everybody to this OMS podcast. I'm here with my friend, Lisa Milner-Smith, who... um, yeah, we've had a couple of really lovely times together. Lisa is famous for her incredible meowing cat. <laughs> she's to stay at Lisa's house one day and she said, my cat's really loud. And I said, oh, that's fine. You know, I, how loud can it be? And in the middle of the night, I heard this. It's amazing. Anyway, there's lots more yeah. about Lisa than the volume of her cat's meow. <laughs> And, uh, and I'm just really, really excited to have her here on just have a little conversation about the OMS and life and faith and prayer and midwifery. And so, Lisa, talk to us just a little bit about you and yourself and, uh, and where God's planted you and what you're up to in that space. Hi. So uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a midwife and I work in the um, the broad context of the Scottish NHS, and uh, I am uh, a community midwife, really, which means that I accompany women all the way throughout their pregnancy, and I have the opportunity to be alongside them as they birth their babies, and then care for them afterwards as they are in those very early days of new parenting. That uh, yeah, makes all of us feel a bit vulnerable, doesn't it? When you suddenly are faced with this little life and go, oh my gosh, I have to look after it now. So that's, uh, that's, the, that's the main kind of sphere of work that I have. That's quite amazing. So you're, you're right from, golly, I'm pregnant, call the midwife. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and, you get yeah. the call and you go on a journey with women through this very unique season of their lives accompanying them on I their do. journey bit like a bit, bit like right. a spiritual director lisa except absolutely <laughs> yeah that would be a whole other fun conversation around midwifery and spiritual direction but let's talk about mid, proper midwifery with babies why do you do it what do you love about it um i think that i kind of always wanted to be a midwife even when i was a child but i didn't quite have the guts to do it when i was younger so it took a wee while for me to kind of actually um, start off this career and I've now been qualified for 10 years and haven't regretted a minute of it. Um, I think I just see this incredible transition happen in women's lives when they go from that place of um, of yeah just a real sense of um, like amazement that that they're pregnant and then walking with them through that. I think that there's just something really um, satisfying about the relationship that I build with women over the course of their pregnancy and the trust that is built and yeah, just the companionship really as people learn and grow and have space and begin to explore what it is that they're concerned about. And then um, yeah, answer their questions, reassure them, and and see them grow and flourish, really. And catch that baby. 
<laughs> it's funny, isn't it? So many people think that that, that midwifery is about that moment, and I, I really, I really uh, agree. You know, it, there's nothing better than the look on a woman's face when suddenly her baby is right there uh, in front of her and in her arms. I mean, it's it's an absolute privilege over and over again. Like it never ever gets dull. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think more than the moment, though, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. It's so much more yeah. than that moment. Yeah. Well, for me, it's the it's the kind of it's the it's the whole the whole journey and the yeah the relationship. I love I love that. And some you know I mean some of the best experiences I've ever been at, some of the best births I've ever been at have been births where I've known the woman throughout her pregnancy. And so, you know, she comes in and goes, "Oh, Lisa," and I say, "Oh." whoever you are <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and you know the two of us walk, walk through that incredibly intense experience and yeah. uh, I just love it yeah and and you and your husband live outside of Glasgow yeah and uh, and kids yeah I've got two adult children who both went off to university this year um so that's been interesting <laughs> with COVID and everything <laughs> yeah so one's had it one hasn't great so so talk to me a little bit about why would a midwife and and a mother of teenagers because I guess they're younger teenagers be interested in the order of the mustard seed what what how did you hear about it what sparked your interest and what took you on that journey so it started, I think, probably. But, oh gosh, the cat's just come in the room. So I apologise if she does join no, us. I'll get the, we'll get the at some point. Because when she, <laughs> when she hears me talking, sometimes she answers back. So if that happens, I apologise. Um, right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, it started. I think back in um, probably uh, around 2018 when um, I came to the gathering in Birmingham, um, and. Uh, yeah, obviously I had um, I had heard about the Order of the Mustard Seed um, through I think probably one of Pete Gregg's books, um, and I um, went along to the vow ceremony that took place in that that really uh, crowded room that was a peculiar shape. It was really wide, wasn't it? And really like there was only about three rows of seats, but it was like ridiculously wide. And then there were people in on the floor and, you know, as the room filled up and filled up and filled up, um, I was sitting on the back row and there was a seat next to me and like nobody sat in that seat to the point where the guy that was on the other side of the gap looked at it and uh, I looked at it and we're both kind of pointing to the the seat and going, look, there's a seat here and nobody filled it and nobody filled it and nobody filled it. And I just, you know, we wondered whether there was something about our body odor that meant that it was staying empty. We both had a bit of a giggle about it. But anyway, the ceremony progressed and, uh, I think the first thing that really struck me, um, because I had been, you know, I was I was properly just peeking in, trying to see what the order was all about, and and I, I think the thing that kind of had worried me a little bit about it was was how can you take a vow to promise, for example, to be kind when you know that you're going to automatically fail, right? I just I could I was like, how can you vow to do something that you uh, you know, day by day, then fail to do. <laughs> so I really struggled with that. So I, I came to watch the vow ceremony. And the amazing thing that really struck me that 
day was that the start of the vow ceremony was those who had previously taken the vow standing up and standing before the Lord and just saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Um, help me. And uh, I was just so moved. Oh, my gosh, it's made me tearful now. I was so moved by their humility and just their um, their acknowledgement that it wasn't about them, that it was just about following Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I think, um, interestingly, with that gap in between us, we had to pray at the end with somebody next to us. So this chap and I just kind of looked at each other and went, well, I guess we were meant to pray together. <laughs> and uh, he said this really interesting thing to me about how he came, he wasn't a member either, and he had come just to kind of peer in and see what was going on. And he said, the thing is that, you know, often I just dive on in when I'm enthusiastic about something. And he said, I feel that sometimes it's good to take some time to pray about whether or not this is the right thing to do. And that really sunk deep into me. And I therefore didn't actually sign up to do my year of preparation that year, but I waited another year. Um, and then uh, I met up with Crystal Cryer, um, who is one of the leads of 24-7 prayer in Scotland. And I um, asked her the questions that had been going around my mind because I couldn't let go of this interest in it. Yeah. Um, so it just, it just kind of stuck on you like a, a little burr when yeah, you walk yeah, yeah, yeah. and clings to you. It wouldn't go away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, uh, yeah, I just kind of had this kind of conversation with Crystal. And then I, I did one of those things that Christians have a tendency to do where, where I get to the end of the conversation and I go, right, okay, I'm going to go away and I'm going to pray about that, you know? And it was like, <laughs> this was October uh, 2018, it must have, no, 2019. Oh, I'm confused about the dates. To be honest, I can't remember the dates, right? So <laughs> I remember it was September, October time before um, that that particular year. And uh, um, I went to church that Sunday um, and one of the pastors of our church was interviewing somebody else. And I remember sitting again at the back actually um, and listening to this interview. And she said this thing that she, that she often says, but I'd never really heard it before to this person that she was interviewing. And she just said, I mean, you know, what's the Lord been saying to you and what are you doing about it right now? And as, as she said, right now, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like I just knew that I was supposed to do something about it right now. So I contacted the order of the mustard seed, said I'd really like to be considered. Crystal said that she would be my sponsor. And then my year of preparation began. Wonderful. Oh, so good, Lisa. So so talk to me. So you went through your year. What was the year of preparation like for you? Um, so initially, I had been disappointed to realize that I was going to be in a a Zoom group rather than a face-to-face -face group. Mm -hmm. I'd imagined that it was going to be face-to-face -face because that's what life was like before COVID. Who knew that the, my Zoom year of preparation was actually <laughs> preparing me for an entire year of Zoom? Like I had never heard of Zoom before my year of preparation. And what was really interesting was over that year, I formed really deep relationships with the people who were in my cohort. We were a cohort called East to West, um, which sounds very grand, but in the grand scheme of Scotland, I could probably get to the people that are on the other the side in about two and a half hours drive um so it's not quite as global as the order of the mustard seed is but uh but yeah it was just in encouraging to see you know that how quickly people were really able to open up and and build re those relationships 
It's quite astounding, isn't it? I guess in that season mm. of preparation, when you're doing biblical reflection together, you're praying for yeah. each other, sharing about your lives. And in this year in particular, is they're all on Zoom, right? Um, people, I think the questions people will be having as they consider their own season of preparation is, will I actually build any kind of semblance of real community? But but you discovered that even in in the the limitations of the the forum, which is I'm really glad. Definitely. I'm glad that that's how that worked out for you. So talk to me about, I always ask, well, almost always ask questions of all of the practices, which one are you really digging into right now? Which one's either really life-giving for you, or do you feel like God's inviting you to stretch a little bit more into to one of the six practices? What would it be? I think um, it just has to be the, the the practice of prayer. It's just been gosh, this last year since I took my vows has just been, um, it's just been beautiful, actually, what what God has done through me taking time to be still um, and through me being able to commit not just things that are happening in my own small world, but things that are happening globally into his hands. Mm. So was silent prayer something that you had done before? Or was solitude and silence something you were familiar with? Was that new? No, I, I don't, not, I mean, not other than like, you know, I think it, all of us as Christians have this tendency to kind of shoot out God help me prayers <laughs> and moments when, when we really, we really need his help. And, you know, certainly at work, um, when I'm working, like there are plenty of those God help me prayers that go up. Um, but in the sense of taking time when I am not working, when I'm not striving, when I'm not doing anything, when I switch off the television and I sit still and I just am in his presence without feeling as though I have to achieve anything or do anything or or anything like that, then yeah, here she is. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I really I when you said that at the beginning of the podcast, I thought I should have put her downstairs and put her in the room. But anyway. Do you know what? This is real life, right? So, <laughs> so in the the relative silence of your home, when the cat's not meowing really, really loud, and so I'm, she doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say she doesn't really distract me when I'm praying, actually, because if I'm if I'm praying in silence, then she won't add anything. <laughs> okay, yeah, she just wants to be part of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's totally understandable. So, so talk to me because you have been quite involved with the OMS Prayer Watch. Tell us about the yeah. watch and, and your involvement and what it's been like for you. So I think um, the first watch started um, uh, back, I, I think it started back in March, didn't it? Um, so not long after lockdown, when um, we were invited to join each other for um, a regular kind of rhythm of prayer. So um, the one that, that I was able to attend most frequently was the first thing in the morning one. And I, um, I just could not believe how quickly I got to know people from all over the world. Um, we would have half an hour of prayer. And then, you know, if anybody was free, sometimes we would stay on afterwards. And I, I discovered these amazing people from around the world. When I say amazing, I mean, I mean that because I'm enthusiastic about caring for them. But they are just ordinary people from around the world. They're not like superhuman. They're just people who love Jesus from around the world. And um, yeah, I, I just 
couldn't believe how life-giving it was to be in the presence of the Lord praying for not just my things, but actually their things and global things and getting a global perspective on, you know, Black Lives Matter and um, the pandemic in South Africa and, do you know, how, how it has affected different Nigeria. communities? Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the number of different countries, like you say, even um, people from Nigeria joining in and being on that call has meant that we've had insight that isn't reported in the news, you know? Um, people's, people's, yeah, people's lives just being, um, right there in front of you. It's given me a completely world different view, I suppose, on what has been happening around the world. Yeah, it's been wonderful, hasn't it? We did, we did start right, right after lockdown, I think. And, uh, I think at the, at the height, we were doing three a day, morning, yeah. day, evening watch and uh, dialed it back down over summer a little bit in the process of building it up again. Um, and uh, yeah, it was so good. So we'd be you up in Scotland and then friends in South Africa, Sweden and uh, Switzerland. Switzerland, Australia, <laughs> Thailand, the US and the US. And, and uh, just, it was, it's such a great opportunity, isn't it? For us to mm. look into each other's faces. Yeah. We've got prayer lists. Like we know those of us who are in the order, we've got a list where we pray through the names of our members every day. We've got a few members to pray for, but to actually see the faces and to hear the voices of our larger community has been really life-giving. But Lisa, you come yeah. every day. Like some people pop in and out, but you're hardcore. Like you are, you are. So unless you're doing like, unless you're, uh, you know, a, a shift night shift. Yeah, you're not doing that. You are there every single day. Why do you come every day? Because I love this community, and because honestly, that half hour is the high point of every single day. And I, I don't want to build it up. I'm not saying that it will be for everybody else, but I'm saying for me that moment to just be still before the Lord has just really changed who I am and changed um, just the start of every day. And it didn't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I always spent a bit of time with God before I went to work or, do you know, I, I always put worship music on in the car in the commute. And do you know, there was always that sense of um, committing my day to him. Um, but there's just something really anointed about that time spent in this community. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I found there are mornings when I get up and I don't want to pray <laughs> and, and uh, you know, where I, the phrase I use is where my get up and go gets up and goes, right. My get up and yeah, go. I love that. Uh, left. <laughs> That's right. I love it. <laughs> when you say that. You look out of bed and you're just like, oh. and, That's right. And, I think my experience has been particularly having the morning watch is um, is that I've got somewhere sometimes I can drag my sorry butt over to the computer and that's as good as I am that morning flick it on yeah and and just settle into the prayers of the others even when I just don't have anything yeah. to pray but need to be held in that community and held in the presence of the Lord you know in that so I think there's yeah. been mutual holding of one another in the Lord's presence yes. that for me has been really uh, vital and powerful. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah. It's made the world a difference for me. I think, COVID. I think another thing that's really interesting is that it hasn't just been those global prayers. 
um, although those, as I say, have given us a different perspective. But it's also been utterly personal. And as I have had experiences in my life over this last year, there have been people who have noticed and people who have asked me about it. And, you know, we maybe link on WhatsApp or um or just indeed in that time, you know, I had a, a job that I had gone for um, that I didn't get. And the way the other members held me and carried me through the disappointment was actually just so precious to me. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it, although it's global, it's also personal. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And so you are now helping facilitate the watches. Okay, so we created a watch leadership team. And so Lisa's on that. And, and just, I mean, part of it is we want to encourage OMS people to ground themselves locally in prayer with some prayer expression. But not every locale has five days a week, first thing in the morning prayer going on. <laughs> you know, and so it's been good to to have another place we can anchor. And so, so if you get a phone call or an email from Lisa as she recruits you to help out in the, the prayer watches, um, uh, yeah, she's just on that team now that's, that's serving and, and pulling it together. Um, tell me, let's, let's finish up with this. Tell me, in, in the midst of a year that's been full of, of just challenges, stresses, I'm sure that your field of work has been impacted quite a bit by COVID and the prayer What's a treasured moment that you're kind of hanging on to and carrying, carrying in your heart as you step into sort of, I mean, we're still in lockdown. We're still, I mean, things are not coming through yet. There's still, you know, it ain't over, right? We're still in the midst of it all. What's something you're hanging on to that's giving you strength to move into the future? I think, um, A daily reminder to look up, a daily reminder to take my eyes off my circumstances and to look back in the face of Jesus. Um, yeah, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his beautiful face and the things of the world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. It's just a little hymn, isn't it, that just keeps coming back to me. And I think... Um, whatever circumstances I find myself in, whenever I take my eyes back off them and look back at him, the circumstances don't necessarily go away, but um, my ability to stand in the midst of them, I think is strengthened. Yeah. Beautiful. Do you think you could maybe finish us off by, by praying that for us? Sure. Just thank you, Father God, for your beautiful kingdom and I thank you for your beautiful people I thank you God for the amazing community that the OMS is I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have taken this decision to follow you in this way to use the structure that is provided within the OMS to just um, support our growth support our search to become more like Christ I just pray for those who are um, in their year of preparation. They're just commencing their year of preparation as we speak. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would make it really abundantly clear over this year what it is that you would have them do. 
And for those who are out there who are considering whether or not this is for them, just thank you, Jesus, that your timing is always good. I thank you that as we still ourselves before you, you meet us. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go.